Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuler, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno. Today with uh, Craig McIntosh, most recently Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for one of the largest home products distributors in the U.S. Welcome to Third Growth Option Podcast, Craig. Hey, Benno. Good to see you. Yeah, good to be with you. So you worked your way up mostly in, in one company for the last 20 years, up from sort of entry-level account manager to director to senior vice president, sort of number two guy of $200 million company that ended up being bought up and became a much larger company with a couple of buyouts and roll-ups in the private equity world. Is that a pretty fair description or do you want to? That's a very fair description. Uh, You know, started as a family company, acquired by a platform company in a P group that would just continue to add other companies to the platform and categories. So let, let, let's kind of dive in here. You, I think of you as a high-octane, fast-charging, get-results kind of guy. I think we both are in some ways, which is why we've butted heads in sometimes in, in the early parts of the last 10 years. But you're, you know, you're used to stress and high pressure, and you've found a way, I think, to grow and help others grow in that environment, which is much more difficult to help others to grow yourself or for others in a stressful, you know, sort of incoming missiles kind of environment. And you've created some phenomenal successes. And, you know, some of them I, w- I was lucky enough to, to do with you and then many others you've created on your own. Tell me a little bit about how you have changed over the years in the way that you manage pressure. So I think initially, early in my career here, very, very transactional. It was very much about the numbers and the goal and the drive. And I am a, a very high-strung person. <laughs> I'm very much a driver, if you know me. But at that time, early in my career, it was all about that. It was all about the business and it was about delivering a number uh, no matter what that took to do. And through that, uh, being with the same company for 20 years and seeing all the changes in management, direction, ownership, I have also changed through that, you know, and definitely have been very fortunate to work with both great leaders on my team or on, you know, co-leaders with me, but also great management. When you and I were there together, we had a phenomenal CEO. We got to give Don Harmon a, sh- a shout Absolutely. out here. Yeah, Don Harmon and Mark Biggers, who are our president, was they were great people and, you know, uh, we are fortunate to be part of that family and, and grow up in that. And Don definitely led by example. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's all about, a lot of it's about people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of companies lose track of that today. How do you help your team members not only handle the pressure, right, which is get it done, not blow up, not screw up, right, in a in a gunfight, so to speak, but, but how do you help them grow and learn and, and even enjoy the process. 
Yeah, I mean, the big thing is, like, a lot of people on your teams, you spend more time with them than you do your own family. <laughs> so, you know, A, you got to enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. Life's too short. And at the end of the day, you got to enjoy what you're doing. And truly did enjoy the pace of it. Um, it was, it's fast-paced. It's, it's coming at you quickly. But at the end of the day, you, you've got to enjoy what you do. And then, you know, there has to be some reality checks at times. You know, we were shipping home decor we were not curing cancer. And so it might not be perfect, but at the end of the day, you know, in the relative size of issues, it's pretty small in the world, you know? So it's just, it's working through that and, you know, constantly looking at how you can adjust, how the team can adjust to get it done, to hit the goal. You still have to hit the goal, but, you know, not everything is a, an issue, a massive, massive issue. I mean, I think what you're describing there is just the ability to sort of balance things out. And what did Don used to call it? Walk the pond. Yeah, walk around the pond. Yeah. Before you type that emotional response, walk around the pond. And sometimes you might have to walk around the pond like 10 times. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but maybe, maybe sleep on it. Maybe type it, save it, come back to it. Because, you know, there are times that you send a response and you wake up the next day, you're like, oh, no, did I really send that? Or, I didn't mean to write it like that. So, I mean, you definitely have to to kind of take emotion out of it at times. That's something that still working on today. I'm definitely not perfect, but as a leader, I'm better than I was when I started because, you know, at that time, it was just all about the drive of it. I always like that expression, right? Just walk around the pond instead of reacting and you know, immediately and taking things too seriously. And like you said, you know, we're not saving lives. We're just trying to get a product made and sold and buy low and sell high and on and on. Right? Yeah, definitely. I can't talk about how to handle high pressure with you and how about about growing, you know, with people, with you, without talking about food and socializing. Let's talk, talk about food and socializing, man. I've had some of the best dinners of the last 10 years with you and team members. Yeah, and I think you have to break bread with your team. I mean, at the end of the day, dinners like that, little things like that go a long way. And, you know, he would always say, Mark and Don both, you know, work hard, play hard. But And you always answer the bell. And at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're in a city, you're traveling, you know, you're in London, don't get room service. You know, find... Find a hole in the wall, something unique. Same thing in Asia. Try new things. Try things you would never try. And Or in Memphis, Tennessee, man. In Memphis. <laughs> eat the soul food. Definitely the barbecue. You definitely have to live life and, and make the best of it because, you know, you are away from your family. And a lot of times you miss, miss weddings, funerals, and birthdays, you know, at times uh, when you're traveling for work. And at the end of the day, you've got to find some balance in there. And so it's important. It's It's important to me. And I think it helps any team to be able to break bread like that to not just be so focused on a task. It's funny the times you and I travel together, I don't remember the the meetings per se, right? Like the conversations about tasks and topics and, you know, Excel sheets and, and whatever. But I do remember the hour and a half we sat around, you know, a dinner table or, you know, in in various places and just sort of the feeling of camaraderie. And you said something interesting the other day. You said, you know, you want you want people you're proud of. 
on the team. Is is there an example of a team member that, you know, maybe was not a rock star at first, but because of your determination to be around surround yourself with people you're proud of, they sort of became a rock star? Um, I think there are lots of examples of people that A started an entry level position and then worked their way up and served many positions. So a lot of our hiring practices were to hire, you know, people straight out of school or it might be their first job in this industry and build them from the ground up. And, you know, so they might serve three or four different roles. They might have started as an assistant or they might have started in the warehouse uh, and they might work into self-support and then they work into an account manager. And then the next thing you know, they could be director of sales or different things. So, um, you know, it's constantly looking for people that buy into the calls and that you can buy into them. You know, I think it's very important that that we invest in people so they invest back in you. And it's not just, oh, you're at work from eight to five and, you know, this is the the number you have to hit. You know, when it becomes, I think you use the word transactionary, you lose that edge. And in a competitive job market, you have to offer more than just a job and a patient. Uh, you have to be willing to invest in them in different ways. And, you know, there are companies that are doing it in different ways, whether it be serving the homeless or doing serve projects or helping the community habitat or build or different things. But I think as companies and people, you know, you have to do things as a group to help build that camaraderie as well. You gave an example the other day of uh, something you guys did, gift bags for the homeless. Talk a little bit about you know, what that entailed and then also who, who started that? Was that sort of, you know, somebody in HR said, you know, passed it on down, like, or was it more gr- from the ground up maybe? Yes, yeah, so we created a small uh, committee. We call the Sunshine Committee. <laughs> the Sunshine Committee, that's lovely. Yeah, and so they, um, you know, their job was to help raise morale and help as an office, what can we do as a group to build camaraderie and build, you know, that team up. And so with that, we would do different things. We would, in June, we might have a popsicle truck, um, you know, or we did Taco Tuesday or happy hour, bowling or cocktails or different things. And then, you know, in December, there was a local charity, a homeless charity that we knew that someone knew on the committee. And, you know, so we signed up for a serve day. We helped prep the meal and we went and we just visited with people. And, you know, it was, um, it's a humbling experience. And it helps also bring business into check. You know, when you're talking to people that... Back to the balance piece. We're not saving lives here. Yeah. And so it helps. It definitely helps you and helps the team, you know, say, well, yeah, my order is a week late and I have to tell the buyer and I hate to tell them that it's a week late, but, you know, I'm not sleeping on third street tonight. You know, it's good. It's good just to do some things like that that are not in the grind every day. How did the Sunshine Committee get started? It was just a discussion among management on how can we raise morale of the team? Uh, Because, you know, if you look back the last few years, we've worked through some pretty trying circumstances, whether it be currency or tariffs or freight issues, COVID and factory closures. And so, I mean, there's always that next big you know, disaster. Like, how do we get through this? How do we do that? And so, you know, with that, we were like, how do we raise the morale of the team? And so to do that, we had the idea of the committee and, 
we did that at multiple locations because we had offices across the country. And so, you know, it's hard when you're, you're managing people in Pennsylvania, New York, Austin, you know, or you're managing people globally now to do that when you're not an office. So we, the offices, locations that we had, we kind of broke it up and, you know, so Throw did that, Austin, you know, different offices, Canicsburg, all played a role in it in their own sunshine. You know, we had people and it was people from all different positions and levels that committed to it. So, you know, it might be someone from self-support, someone who's a VP, someone who works in the warehouse, you know, and so you have different people on that committee bringing different ideas. Which sounds like a pretty organic way to just make it more about the people on the committee, not about the titles or the or the, the departments and functions. I personally hate titles. I wish there was no titles in the world. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, like, you know, people get so wrapped up in a title other than just doing the task at hand. I hear you. Back to this uh, transactional versus relationship building. I know f I was, you know, in my 20s and 30s, far more sort of transactional, just get me the Excel sheet, make sure I get the sale, da, 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 you know, like very, very transactional. Are there some key moments maybe where you became very conscious and sort of intentional about unlearning a bad habit and learning a way to be less transactional and more like, hey, let me just breathe in and breathe out and talk to this person a little bit? Yeah, I think as, um, as companies grow you have to be less transactional. So because we were a, a platform, first a family owned company, uh, you know, we're family owned, we were a small company. And so when you're small, there are lots of things that you can do that you cannot do as you grow. And so like, as you add a company a year, you add different cultures, you're dealing with people from different parts of the country. You're in New York, I'm in Memphis, you know? And so you have to take that into consideration. And so as the company continued to grow, I also had to continue to grow as a leader. And, you know, what it worked to get us to 60 million is not what's going to work to get you to 120. And it's definitely not what's going to work to get you to, to 400, five, six, seven, whatever, a mil, you know, a bill. And so whatever that number. So there are things early in my career I'm not proud of, you know, I mean, there are things that you you hammered and you pushed and, you know, you do different things, but, you know, like you said, you know, when you're twenties and thirties, you react differently than when you're in your forties, you know? And so I think you, you constantly have to be evaluating yourself too. And, you know, it's how can you lead differently? How can you, you be open to different ideas and, you know, try people in different positions, you know, you can try someone in a position and it might be a horrible fit whether it be the customer, whether it be the, their skill set. But, you know, try them in a couple of positions before you just cut the rope, you know. And so there's definitely, you know, examples where that's benefited people and it's benefited the team because you found that right combination for them. But there's also a, a, a humility in, in, in what you're saying. But, you know, when, when you're saying, you know, try different things, recognize that, you know, whatever got you here ain't going to get you there, the old saying, right? you're kind of holding up a, a mirror up to yourself and saying, well, in a stressful situation, the fault is not wherever I point the finger. Maybe the maybe I have to point the finger at myself a little bit. And, 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 and you do that. I, I know you do that. Do you agree with me? Or? I, I think you have to, you have to analyze yourself 
and you have to analyze the team and you have to, to constantly adjust because, you know, the world's changing. The world is different than it was pre-COVID, you know, and um, it's going to continue to change and, and you have to change with it, whether it be, you know, recruiting the right people, competing against other people, but also be able to set boundaries that they can that they can work within. And, you know, I think the outcome will drive growth. If you invest the people, then they invest in you and and together you hit the number that you got to hit and the goal. Is there certain sort of coaching advice that that you find yourself giving, you know, younger team members repeatedly or, you know, that sort of are, are there certain things that you say to people over over and over again? You hit on a couple of them that we learned from Don, but I mean, one is don't react emotionally. You know, a lot of times you go through a lot of change, whether it's management change, team change, ownership change, customer change, try to take emotion out of that reaction. And that's, that's hard to do. It's hard to take emotion out in the heat of the moment when you're like, especially when you're hard charging and, and yeah, you really care a. about the result and, and, and your results driven. Yeah. And most salespeople all, you know, managing a sales team, you know, most salespeople are type A people, high strung people. And so at the end of the day, you gotta, gotta kind of step back and, and think about your response. Um, and a lot of times if you sleep on it, you know, you'll change the wording. Don't type it while you've been drinking, like at night. Like <laughs> if you've had a, a couple of glasses of wine, I do not advise you to write the email. <laughs> Maybe draft the email, yeah, but don't send it. it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, if you're in China and, you know, your team's in the U.S., don't send it at night from China. Wait till the, till the next day. But, but I think if you, can, if you can work to take emotion out of it, don't overreact to things. You know, things typically work out. And then just be honest. We all strive for perfection. You know, at the end of the day, we wanted to be the best importer, the best supplier that we could be to our customers but at the end of the day everyone messes up and a lot of it is in your honesty to them back uh you know if you're a transparent back and you're like look we screwed up you know um making sure that you take care of the situation and we really only have our reputations as people and at the end of the day if you don't protect that then you protect nothing you know because there aren't a lot of Yes, there are other companies you could go to and other customers you could call on, but at the end of the day, you really just have your reputation. That's right. That's right. Craig, if folks wanted to reach out to you, I know you're on LinkedIn. Is is, is that the best place for, for them to find you? Or or do you want to, I don't know. Some people like to leave an email address, but uh, if, if you want to, or just have them reach out on LinkedIn, maybe. Uh, LinkedIn would be great. Yeah, I'm on there for sure. So I'd be happy to answer any questions or, or help with anything. Good. Well, I think this was a good sort of dose of reality. That's what I I knew you would give me and, and the listeners a dose of reality on how to grow with people in stressful, you know, high pressure situations. You know, these days, all of us can Google anything and we could probably Google the title of this podcast and get a bunch of stuff written by academics or written by, you know, authors. But you and I have been in the trenches doing this stuff so it really hits hit home with me when you say things like uh take care of your people surround yourself with people you're proud of think about it through their perspective not only your our own perspective walk around the pond if our wires get crossed sometimes so this was great 
any parting words of wisdom or should we call it a day for for now? Yeah, I think, I mean, the only thing you just said that, that we should have probably hammered on a little more is the trenches and, you know, make sure that you're getting in the trenches to understand what it's like on that level. But great. I, I really appreciate you having me and uh, thanks for your time. Awesome. Hey, if folks wanted to explore other growth topics, you can find me on our website, realignforresults.com or just email Benno, B-E-N-N-O at realignforresults.com. Thanks and keep growing. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.